Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself as we're talking investing, finance, and retirement. And we are going to talk about uh, the economy, really. Uh, financial planning now in the current administration's America and Biden's America. So we're going to get into a couple of topics. Lots going on, Phil, in this arena. So we're going to dive in. But how are you, my friend? I'm doing really good. Doing really good. Yeah. You got gas? Because apparently there's a shortage. Yeah. I haven't seen the shortage here yet other than uh, the pumps are telling it, man. I can't believe yeah. how much gas has, has increased, although we are getting close to summer, you know, so it always happens in Michigan. Summer, yeah. it's like, oh, amazing. Gas is up a dollar. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Now that people are going to travel, right? It does always happen, but I think it's definitely been compounded. We've been seeing a steady rise in gas now uh, yeah. the last five months or so. And then I guess these cyber attacks, uh, obviously, yep. have uh, caused some shortages. The news is always looking for something to, you know, put on about bad news. So that's like, Oh, yep. we're run out of gas. So get your gas now. But I've got a couple of points here. I want to go through, obviously, Phil, we're spending or possibly spending a lot of money. Now, a lot of this isn't passed. So right. we'll kind yep. of keep that uh, in mind. And I'm not trying to make this political by any means. It just is what it is, right? Yep, Absolutely. So, it is. It is what it is. What's going on in the, the uh, nation right now. So yeah, the government, the government going to do their thing, right? That's so, right. You know, we can we, vote. We just have to react. So right, we can vote and do whatever we want to do. And you know, they're still going to do what they want to do regardless sometimes of what we say. So yep. let's yep. talk a little bit about some of this stuff and how it impacts what you guys do uh, sure. as financial advisors, as a CPA uh, taxes, obviously big component there. So let's Absolutely. just start with the fact that we're just spending a lot of money in the continued coronavirus response. Um, and the $2 trillion, you know, infrastructure plan, just the spending in general, kind of what's your, what's your thoughts there from a, uh, a future, I guess, tax standpoint. Yeah. I mean, the, the spending in general is a huge concern and we've, we've talked on shows for over a year now on the potential for increase in, in taxes. I mean, it's just going to happen at some point. I mean, if you look just historically at tax rates, where they're at today, where they've been, they move in cycles, kind of like markets. And, you know, I mean, at some point we have to see taxes increase. The government doesn't generate money. It simply recycles money it's taken from you, yeah. the money that it spits back out, you know, in, in the form of taxes. So um, well, it's going to have to to make up for all the, the spending that's taken place. I mean, from a tax standpoint, yeah, there's a yeah. huge potential increase at some point. So. Well, let's, let's be honest. Mainstream media doesn't, you know, depending on what they're trying to push from an agenda standpoint, they, they only talk about certain topics that push a narrative, whatever that narrative might be. And the stimulus stuff has really, you know, caused an issue with people getting help. Uh, every, I don't know about in your area, but everywhere I turn, and now I'm seeing it coming out of places like DC as well, where Companies can't find employees oh, it's, uh, and they're starting yeah, to talk about the fact problem. that the stimmies have caused people not to go back to work, you know? Yep. Uh, and so we've basically paid people to incentivize them to stay at home. And now, you know, every, every time I try to call a contractor or local businesses, local businesses, I go see my chiropractor or I go to some of my favorite restaurants or whatever. They all have help wanted signs up. Yeah. I mean, there's restaurants, you know, fast food type restaurants they've seen closed because they can't get the help. Being a small business owner that is reliant on kind of that lower entry level type of pay. Right. I mean, it's disastrous right now. Daycares. Right. I mean, daycares in our area are suffering because oh, they can't yeah. hire people. I didn't even think about it. You know, that. which I mean, there's that, just think about that cycle of, okay, so the daycare can't hire people. So the people at the higher level 
jobs that need daycare, what are they doing? You know, it's right. just, you know, the, yep. all of this comes back around. And I think, you know, it's, I've always said when you talk about the government and some of the things they, they go through, and this isn't meant to be bashing the government, but you got to think the full cycle. And I, I unfortunately don't think they've thought the, the whole cycle all yeah. the way through the reaction. Exactly. We, we, everything has been reactionary versus really thought out. And yep. as a CPA, you know, and, and a planner, right. It's right there in the title, right. You, you yep. plan. So you think these things through. So let's, let's talk a little bit. I'm going to move around off the script a little bit just because sure. of the stuff that's happening, but uh, obviously capital gains, right. That's, that's a big yep. conversation. It's moving kind of in the forefront going right now. So the, the 20% moving it to 39, Point six. Now, most of us think about 15% because that's what we typically hear. Mm -hmm. so, okay, what's the difference? What is this 20% moving to 39? Is this for high income earners? Yes. I mean, there's really kind of three tiers almost in capital gains tax today. Okay. There's 0%, which a lot of people don't even realize. But oh. if you're in that, that lower tax bracket, it used to be tied directly to what was the 15% bracket. And it's similar in that range. But if you're taxable, total income, taxable income is in that bracket or below. Mm -hmm you might not pay any capital gains on that portion oh, okay. of gains, yeah. you know, Didn't know that. and then, then you jump up to the 15%. Ultimately today, the top tax rate for capital gains is 20%. And um, is that and for then, like a million over? Is that? No, I mean, it's, it's getting in the like 250 and above range. Oh, okay. You know? So it's so, not I mean, that it's, far it's, off. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Not that far off. Um, and then as the, the year income gets higher, you might get into this Medicare surtax, the net investment income tax, they call it. Okay. So there could be as much as another 3.8%. So it's closer to like 24% yeah. in those top rates. But yeah, well, so what, what they're talking about really is just that top tier, okay. taking it back up to what used to be the top ordinary income rate of 39.6 mm -hmm. for those with a million or more of capital gains is, is how they're approaching this. So let's explain that a little bit then. So let's say you have something to pay capital gains on. So a stock or an asset, you sell something and you've made yep. money on that and it falls in that, you're falling that million dollar category. You don't have to pay this at a higher rate. Correct. Yeah. The potential is there and it's a long-term capital asset. So something okay. that's short-term, you know, cryptocurrencies is kind of the crazy thing going on now where, sure. you know, you might've made some big money in crypto, but Dogecoin. probably was short period. Yeah. Dogecoin. Yeah. You know, so probably was a short-term gain. That doesn't count. That's ordinary income. You're in the normal tax brackets for that. Okay. Um, so this is long term, something you've held more than twelve months. So all right. Uh, so I, I'm going to tie this together a little bit, and and again, you know, feel mm -hmm. free, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, and that's kind of the point of the show, right? So yeah. with the capital gains, where you know the, you're thinking, okay, I'm not making more than a million, so it's not really going to affect me. Uh, but they're also talking about doing some, I guess, um, either limits. Or just completely get rid of getting rid of things like step up and basis, uh, and some different kinds of things there, and that stuff really will affect, right? Just a, a lot of people, especially. It seems to me like that and the RMD uh, with the removal of the stretch uh, right. and going to the into uh, the ten years, and then adding possible RMDs. The IRS said they may be doing that to that stretch, uh, that ten year limit. Now, it seems like they're really kind of targeting on making it harder to create generational wealth. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one of their targets. And, and I've, you know, I've talked about this for years with clients of it's an easy target for the IRS, right? I mean, mm. kind of sad to say, but I mean, dead people don't vote, right? So, I mean, if they're taxing somebody's estate, oh. it's, well, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, on where you're at, but <laughs> they yeah. shouldn't vote. <laughs> Let's right. put it that way. You know, so, you know, taxing somebody's estate, I mean, the, the people inheriting it, 
you probably don't even realize, at least in planning, that that's going to happen. You okay. know, so it, it's it's an easy target for them to to change things around the estate tax, mm-hmm. um, because especially if they lower some of the limits that, that affects everyone. Okay. Um, only those right now in the you know the top top tier where you're 13 million plus in, in net estate, you even have to consider estate planning from right. a tax standpoint. Right. Right. You know, so for most people, it's not even a concern. But the way it works today is if if you inherit an asset through an estate, you get this step up in basis. So let's put some numbers to it. Let's say sure. your parents bought a, a stock. They work for one of the big you know, auto companies or whatever it is and invested years ago and, and that had a significant increase in uh, in value. So let's call it $100. They bought it at 100 bucks. Okay. And yep. now it's worth 10000 Correct. Yep. Okay. So we would have to pay capital gains on if we sold it starting at 10,000. We get that step up in basis currently. Right. So if the if your parents were to sell it, they have to realize that gain and pay tax on it. Right. If instead they hold it and then pass through it passes through their estate and you inherit it, your new cost basis becomes the 10,000, the fair value on the date they passed okay. away. Right. So all that capital gain kind of gets washed away. Right. So if we sold it for 10,001, we're only paying capital gains on $1 basically. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. And in and putting some context behind it, the reason they did that is that they didn't feel it was fair to tax the estate value because right. there is this inheritance tax on the value of an estate as well as the increase, the capital gains. It's a double tax, so that's the reason it's even in there. Okay. Well, as this exemption for estates has increased. I mean, it, not too many years ago when I first started in this CPA business, mm. it was 600,000, you know, right. and that, that's a pretty low number. You can hit there. I mean, that, yeah. that includes everything. For, for that's a house state, that's, right? you know, yeah. everything you own. Yeah. So you can, you can hit that 600 pretty quick. Well, and I mean, it's, it's up to 13 million plus. Coming back as well. They're thinking about bringing it way back down as well. Yep. Yep. And they, exactly. So they're, they're lowering that as well. So anyways, I mean, kind of bringing it back around, mm-hmm. it, again, it's something they're considering. Um, I, I fully expect at some point you're going to see that. They might, right now they're talking about taking away that, that step up again for the higher tier. Right. But I think once it's, it's like that foot in the door, right? Once they've got the foot in the door, it's easy to start lowering that. You oh, know, okay. And, and I did not hear more that people. part. I did not hear that part. So I, the step up, that, uh, removing the step up, I thought it was just across the board. So it's only for the right. upper tier. When I've heard it both ways, I mean, oh. the latest I've heard is is kind of tied into that upper tier, you know. So if there's more than a million, or you know, again, there. Right. This is all speculation at this point. Where well, that's it's part all of the say and what they're yeah. trying to push through. So it's part of that conversation of trying to keep the narrative of taxing the rich, right. but it becomes a very interesting dynamic because it's a very slippery look we need money like you know the government needs money badly you know and so they're having to get creative with ways to come up with this and so we're seeing a lot of these moving parts and you and i've talked before you know you're going to put these things on the wish list and then you're going to settle for these things over here when they go to do their you know negotiations amongst one another but from the context of uh, people that you help every day some of these things can be May not they may not seem consequential, but they really can be. Some of them are going to be very consequential, like the step up in basis. If they remove Correct. that, if you inherit some things or whatever the case is, you could be paying a lot of tax on this. Other things like corporate tax, right? So the big conversation mm-hmm. going from twenty one to twenty eight percent. Yep. You know, look, you can have this argument all day long, but 
without the corporations, uh, there's not a lot of jobs. We saw this. I'll go ahead and use Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, as a prime example here in this conversation. So all the money from the tax cuts, uh, from corporate taxes being lowered to the 21 where they're at now, allowed Apple made it incentivize them to bring a lot of their money back during the prior administration, right? Right. Brought a lot of that money back from overseas. Well, they're now investing in a huge campus, a second massive campus on the East Coast in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's going to generate a ton of jobs. Uh, They're going to build this whole big facility. They wouldn't have done that if they hadn't brought that money back in. Right. It's it's a catch-22. So people are very excited about the jobs, but they also feel like corporations should pay more taxes. And so as regular folks, we kind of get in this interesting push-pull battle of what's the best scenario. Right. You know? Well, and that's like this, the, even the, the whole discussion on these capital gains, I mean, they're talking about raising that top tier of ordinary income tax right. back up to 39.6 again for that, that you know, top 1%. Right. And you keep hearing them talk about that top 1%, which to your point, I mean, if you consider this, it, you've got to understand beyond that picture, right? right? Who is the top 1%? That is the the business owners, right? That run right. this country. They've got the wealthiest businesses in the country that employ people. Right. And if you, you understand business at that level, two things happen. Number one, they don't pay tax. They pass it through. Right. So, I mean, if, if their tax rate is going up. $2,000 versus right, right. It's going to come back around. The corporations make their profit. Right. So they're going to, they're going to keep their profit some way. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, is that what's the long-term effect of, of the big picture overall. Right. Yeah, I mean, if, exactly. if you look at it and there's a lot of studies being done on, on all these different, you know, the infrastructure bill, the, um, you know, the, the coronavirus, you know, all these proposals of increasing on the, the capital gains rates. Right. What is the true big picture effect in both studies that I've read, say actually it's going to reduce the government's revenue and reduce the economy and jobs yeah. long term you know yeah. because the other side of that that equation those top one percent the big corporations mm-hmm. because they've got money they understand this they hire significant legal teams right. that know how to plan and manipulate yeah you know it's it's chess to them so well, you make this move they're going to make this move you see the videos on the street thing and people asking folks what they think about this. And, you know, unfortunately, we we regurgitate what the mainstream, what we hear all the time, right? right. I mean, yep. we're no different than we were when we were babies sometimes and small children or, you know, whatever. If you hear something enough, you know, like if you, you know, if you're cussing around your small child and then one day they cuss and you're like, oh, no, you know. Where did you hear? Like, yeah. Yeah. Where did they, you know, and so it's just, it's really the same thing. And so people are like, well, the corporations don't this and the corporations don't that. And it's a real slippery slope because, again, they're creating a lot of what, you know, allows us to have these jobs to go make money and so on and so forth. Right. And, and, and you're all talking about all these different kinds of things that are happening. And that's before you even get into the 4 trillion for climate change, uh, the, oh, there's, the, the green yeah. deal stuff and, you know, so on and so forth. And so it's very, very worrisome. I would imagine for folks I'm 50. And so I'm really worried about retirement planning in just another 10 years for right. me, let alone, you know, folks right now who might be 60 you know, right. and getting close to retirement. Yeah. And it's, you know, planning in, in, in any kind of environment like this is, is a, a tricky thing because you, you, you can't, you don't want to make decisions based on speculation of what if, sure. right. But you don't want to sit on the sidelines either, you know, and that's, right. I, I've 
been planning like this for years with clients anyways on taxes that even before any of this happened, we've been planning for the potential of taxes going up. Now, okay. we're not making significant moves of you know money based on that, that the potential right. of taxes are going to go up. I want to see that it works even if they don't, you know, if, if we stay in a similar tax environment. Great point. We, we always plan based on what's in law today, you know, yeah. and if, if it works in that scenario, then great, let's go ahead and do it. You know, unless somebody's really concerned and they want to hedge against it and are willing to kind of step up a little bit more to hedge mm -hmm. against it, then sure, let's do that, whatever your comfort level is. Right. You've right. got to be very careful planning based on what if because you, you can make some moves that might not have been the right thing. And that's but. a great point because, again, keeping any politics out of it, it, the government, it's just calling it the government, right? No matter who right. the party right. is in it power. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's you're going to go through multiple administrations, hopefully, in retirement. And you, we, we, have to do, we have to take it on ourselves to do what we can do within the parameters that are set. Correct. You know? And so being as efficient as possible, we, we've talked before, Phil, about tax loopholes. Is there really such a thing as a loophole or is it the code is the code? What's written is what's written. To your point, corporations and, and the ultra rich, they hire enough people to dissect it to the right. media so they can be as efficient as possible. And most of us just don't have that ability to, to hire people to do that kind of thing. Right, right. I mean, you can't blame the corporations. They're, you know, bottom line, they're trying there. to save taxes to them. Think of it, put put the shoe on your foot, right? Yeah. If you were in that scenario and, and had the ability to hire legal and accounting staff to, to figure it out to help lower your taxes, wouldn't you? And it could you just write yeah. the check and say, Oh yeah, here's yeah. my, you know, I owe it the IRS. Here's my, yeah. you know, patriotic duty, so to speak. Yep. But you know, I, I owe you a million dollars in taxes or I owe you, you know, six hundred, you know, sixty thousand. You're gonna try to go with the sixty thousand, especially if right, the, right. the return on investment, the cost analysis makes sense. So Right. Yeah, so, I mean that that is their bottom line, their business, you know, right? they're and, trying to control right. expenses. Taxes is yep. one of those expenses. And as individuals, so. we do have that right as well. It right. just becomes a numbers game. So you hire a CPA, you hire someone like yourself, Phil, to say, okay, you know, help make me, if I'm not currently tax efficient, help make me more tax efficient moving forward. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a great quote and I, don't, I won't get it right, exactly right, but I think it's a judge learned hand and it, you know, it says you have an you have a um, an obligation to to pay taxes, but not any more than what you owe. Right. You know, and I always kind of paraphrase it and it says, yeah, you have to pay unto Caesar what's his, but you don't have to tip him, right? <laughs> Great, <laughs> there, perfect. There, there's nothing wrong with positioning your finances in such a way that you're minimizing your tax burden. Yeah. That's fantastic. That, that's being an American. There's nothing wrong with there that. There you go. It's, you know, you don't have a patriotic duty to pay the maximum amount of taxes. But you, that don't, you owe. You don't have to tip him. That's, you don't have to tip him. <laughs> that's a gym right there, folks. That is a gym. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to take an email question. We're going to get back to doing some of these here on the podcast. So sure. uh, obviously, there's just a lot going on uh, in the country from a tax standpoint, from a spending standpoint. You know, just all these different components that are you know from the coronavirus leftover situation. I mean, we're just seeing a, you know, we're heading into a real problem here, I think, from a financial standpoint. And so it definitely behooves us to try to be as efficient as possible and working with, a, you know, a good person who can help you get 
all those pieces together, especially when we're talking about our demographic, Phil, which is, you know, 50 plus, 55 plus, they're getting closer to retirement. Mistakes yeah. become much more costly at that point because you just Absolutely. don't have the time to recover. So if you need some help, folks, as always, reach out to Phil before you take any action. 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. Or stop by the website, philstaxhacks.com. That's the podcast website, but you can get a hold of him. There's a lot of the main stuff there. Yep. Subscribe to the show. Uh, send us an email, which is what we're going to do right now. So again, philstaxhacks.com. And this is actually a really simple question that we got from Bill, and he was in uh, Livonia. But I think it's actually a really good question because you know, there's no bad questions, I don't think. I've, I'm always subscribed to that. Hey, a question is a question. You need an answer. You need an answer. Right. Um, this is one of those ones where I think people really sometimes aren't really sure what to do. Bill says, uh, Phil, what happens to the money in my 401k after I retire? Do I have to roll it over or can I just leave it there? Um, well, the, I mean, the bottom line is it really depends on what that company plan says. Okay. Um, the company, you have to think of it. The IRS is the kind of the top level rule. They don't care. There's no rule that says you have to leave it or take it out or do anything okay. other than RMDs. I mean, that, that happens once you're 72 on IRAs or 401ks as a matter. But then below that then is the, the company, the plan rules, and they govern and can say you have to take it out or you don't or when you retire and are no longer a participant, then this is what happens. Mm -hmm. um, most plans don't make you take the money out. You know, so could you leave it there? Absolutely. Um, there's pros and cons on both sides. You've got to look mm -hmm. at both pieces to, to really see is that the right decision for you. Um, a lot of times it does make sense to, to roll the money out for a couple of reasons. Number one is flexibility in investment options. You have a, a much broader range of options and things you can do outside of that company plan and then the other is planning for a surviving spouse because what the rules are for you as a, a former employee are one thing, but then you have to look further into the plan to say, okay, if I pass away and I've named a beneficiary, what does my now surviving spouse or kids or whoever inherited have to do? Gotcha. You know, so maybe they're going to get forced into a, a scenario at that point that you wouldn't want that if it were in an IRA, you've got much better control. So. Okay. There's pros and cons, fees, I mean, all sorts of things you have to look at. So, I mean, there's no absolute with it, like anything in planning. Mm -hmm. Understand the pros and cons, what fits in your scenario. Um, and then based on all the information, make the decision that's best for you. All right. But you, well, you don't have to leave it there. I mean, yeah, that's you, one of the misconceptions is, yeah. you know, I leave it there and you retire and you've got four former employers and money all over the yep. place. Which yeah, makes it very those, difficult to, to manage. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. We call those orphan accounts. So a lot of times yep. it does happen. Uh, and some companies will, I had one years ago, Phil, that I totally forgot about and they rolled it out of the 401k into an IRA yep. uh, themselves and sent me the paperwork and said, this is now an IRA. Uh, great question. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We always appreciate it. Don't forget to hit subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever you like to use. You can find all of that again at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Com and we're going to sign off this week. So thanks for hanging right. out with us. We appreciate your time. Phil, buddy, have a great week. You too. We'll see you next time on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement Phil. facts with Phil Putney. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.